This is the Partnership for the Arts talk show, where we talk art. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. I want to take a moment, before we start the interview, to welcome back a very special guest co-host, someone that is near and dear to my heart. It is my wife, Mary, long time no see. How are you doing today? Well, good to see you too. I'm doing great. And how are you? I'm feeling blessed, and I've got my coffee. (laughs) And I'm sure everyone will recognize your voice from the Taste of the Art series. Yeah, that was a lot of fun doing the interview with Chef Keith at FM Dons, and along with my co-host Stacy Calvino. Yep, and we've got a wonderful guest coming on the show. You ready to get started? I am. All right, here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page at Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find us on our new website at pftatalkshow.org. PFTA Talk Show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. So welcome back, everyone. We are really excited to be here today with our special guest, Shondell LaForest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shondell is the director of the Rosemary District Academy of Music and also the owner of the Rose Colored Glasses Band. So Shondell's here with us from Sarasota and welcome to the show. Thank you so much Mary and Dave. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Now I wanted to understand, did you not start the academy up there in Sarasota, correct? Uh, yes I did. Mm-hmm. I moved to downtown Sarasota in the spring of last year, 2019. As soon as I got there to the Rosemary District, I decided I can't keep my old name. I have to call it the Rosemary District Academy of Music. And then a couple days later, I was just sitting in a chair and eating a sandwich and suddenly it just flew right through my brain to call my band the rose-colored glasses. I thought that it worked well with the Rosemary District Academy of Music. Okay, now I, you had mentioned change the name. What did you have an academy before this or something? Yes, I did. Okay. I had I had an academy before. It was a music school and a language school. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So then you moved to Sarasota and renamed it because of the district you're in. Then yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that's what you're doing now. But I have to ask. How did you get started in in music? You play multiple instruments, correct? Yes, I do. Well, actually, I started when I was nine years old. I had a very bad ski accident. I can remember my grandmother giving me a hug goodbye as my family, as we took off for Killington ski area. Uh, And she said, don't break a leg. Well, I broke a leg in two places. So my mother said, you will now commence music lessons <laughs> and of course something safe right? <laughs> yeah something safe and um it was going to be you know six or seven months before it healed so she was wondering what she was going to do with me so that's pretty much how i started although i really wanted to play the trombone and i said to my mother well i'm playing trombone and she said absolutely not she said you're a little tiny girl and she said and you're going to have to get on and off the bus 
with his small instrument, so you will be taking the flute. I said, but my school music teacher told me I could pick. And she said, well, she didn't give me a phone call about that first. <laughs> so you started with the flute. <laughs> I, I started with the flute, yes. I was nine years old and so lucky to have just magical teachers. One of my teachers was Mrs. Asepian, and she was just such an inspiration to me and not only just with music but how she conducted herself and behaved and everything like that it was just amazing and then i also had another person who was a mentor and her name was sylvia kachukian and she's a very well-known opera singer mm. so she uh, would be singing opera on sunday mornings and i would be walking across in my mary jane shoes over to the piano area and I would play the offertory. And of course she had magnificent hair and magnificent clothes and I had my little plaid skirt. So it was, uh, it was amazing, but I learned so much from the two of those ladies. They really set me on a path for the rest of my life. Wow, and where was this again? Well, this at this point was in Loudonville, New York. New York, so it's where you grew up? Yes. How does one get from New York to Florida? Well, actually, there were a lot of other places that went in between there. <laughs> I, I started out there, and then I received a degree from Crane School of Music, also in New York. And then a few years after that, I decided that I was going to go to Paris. And I lived in Paris for 10 years oh, wow. and studied at a conservatory there in the 17th, L'École Normale de Musique. And I had fabulous teachers there and worked with many fine accompanists in Paris and, you know, had a great recording and solo career and just enjoyed every second of it. My young son was also there with me and he was five at the time, so I put him right into French school and within about three months he was a little old French man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great when you can learn young of a foreign language. You mentioned that you had a language school as well. What were you doing with the language? Actually my son was working with me at that time and as he was growing up in France he told me, especially when we were out under no circumstances to speak either French or English because I was an embarrassment either way to him so he, he just learned it right right immediately and I I sometimes was reprimanded in there and he would make me repeat 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 after me and then say the usual old man French thing which is and stomp off so I never could learn to speak French the way he learned and he was the the head person for the department of French in our language school and also for vocal performance he's uh he's an opera singer oh, so awesome. he does all things with linguistics and just it's magnificent to see, you know, how things can take you in your life and also with your children. Yes. <laughs> they, yes. You think they're following you, but you end up following them. <laughs> <laughs> and is that how you ended up coming back to Florida? 
Uh, we came back to Florida because I wanted him to have some experience in American schools mm. and, you know, finish up, uh, do high school and then, you know, go off to college. And that's exactly why we came back. Okay. Okay. And how long ago was that? I think like 20 years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've been back for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know we spoke about different instruments that you play. You want to you wanna give me a list? Well, I love all the flute. There's many flutes. I, today I brought with me my regular C flute, and I also brought an alto flute and a lovely rosewood piccolo. And I also play um, cocobola flutes, any kind of flutes I love. I also um, play piano. I did all the accompaniment work for the music school, and I still do that because I even for my own students, I make sure that as soon as they can play anything, be it four years or 94 years, um, usually on the first lesson, they will be playing something with me playing piano. So they're, they're playing with other people because that is the real joy of music is to play with other people and not be a solitary musician. Okay, so speaking of that, the academy you have up there, the Rosemary Academy, age groups that you have in there? I know you, you said 4 to 94. Yes, well, the person that I had who was 97, she just turned 98. So I have now, <laughs> I did have somebody who was 3, and oh my pers- gosh. I've had yeah. other lots of other 3-year-olds and 4-year-olds, but now I can say it's 4 to 98. So I have all different ages, and um, I one of my main goals is to get those ages playing together in small chamber music groups. Oh, that's awesome! Wow. So, that's and the idea. the yeah. adults are more, of course, they're really terrified of it. And as soon as they start uh, playing with people who are six or seven, they say they're just marvelous. It's so much fun to play with them, and the younger people might feel awkward at the beginning also but they learn a lot from the older people and they just end up loving playing together so that's really what's important is that I've been able to really pull all age groups together and have them enjoy and learn from one another. Wow so how long have you been in Sarasota with the school? I mean how long has the academy been going? Rosemary Academy has just been going since I moved actually it didn't start until the fall of okay. 2019 so I it's oh, brand new yeah. and so I you know I'm looking for students to sign up and participate um, I have a very unique way of teaching and that's called I teach circle skill set and that means that you're learning all the different parts you're learning learning music theory mm-hmm. you're uh, learning to read music you're, there's no stickers, there's no anything. It's, and it, all the skill sets have to be moving along at the same rate. So a lot of times people say, well, my child is seven. Why are they taking an hour lesson? I said, because there's a lot of skill sets that all have to move together for the student not to become frustrated. If you leave a big hole with music theory or they don't have any scale work, I said they're going to come very soon to uh, a brick wall. A and point of frustration. Many, mm-hmm. Yeah, frustration is my method really gets rid of frustration because it keeps students moving ahead and being excited about what they're doing. 
Uh, many people, when they look back and they think about how they took piano lessons or some other instrument, and they they always say to me, I wish I had stuck with it, but I at a certain point, I really couldn't play anything. And I know exactly why they couldn't play anything, and that's because they weren't moving forward with all the skill sets that you need, and you need skill sets to drive a car, mm -hmm. to cook a dinner, to do anything that we do in life. But for some reason, people who are taking music and a lot of people who are teaching music don't think that those are important, but those are extremely important. That's what keeps my students engaged and excited about moving ahead in their musical journey. And they don't stop. I usually have them from four until they go to college. Wow. Wow. Well, I can understand the line of the skill set going at the same time, because if you can't read the music, you can't you can't progress on 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 your scale sets or anything else as well. So yeah, I mean that that, that makes sense. And I always loved music theory, but I never got into it until I was in like um, my first couple of years of college, and I had taken piano all my life, kind of like you. My mother dictated that I did that, <laughs> and I think I had like half of it. But when I got into theory, it was just like a whole new world opened up. Well, it's sort of like people who are, and I am one of those people, they all, they all, everyone says that if you're good at music, you're good at math. Mm -hmm. I'm probably the first person who completely destroys that theory. <laughs> but I did have to take a state uh, math test at one time, and I had to learn a lot of skills in math, and I was surprised at how differently I looked at things once I had the skill of mathematics. It just added another dimension. So that's why I teach all different, especially music theory and scale work. I, I teach that and also um, uh, rhythm and, and how to look at rhythm and to subdivide and be able to be a great sight reader. Because if you have a hole in one of those areas, that's just one area could really stop your progression. And so I, I try very hard to not let that happen, and it usually does not happen when, when you teach or are taught that way. That makes perfect sense. It's a very holistic approach. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, well, I like to say you have a handcrafted personal learning plan with me adult student that wants to learn and I do what's called an assessment and a meet and greet so that we know each other's personalities but uh, people who come to me from other places I'm able to see just exactly what they're missing and I say are you stuck and they say I'm stuck I'm going nowhere and I said well this is why you're stuck because I don't see any scale books or finger exercise books here or something else mm -hmm. and I say as soon as you add those things you'll be taking off again and I said it's just a matter of using and exercising those skill sets all the time and I said you can just go forward and you're never going to hit a brick wall. Wonderful well we're going to cover more of that when we come back because we're going to take a break so everyone hold on we'll be back in just a minute. Hi I'm Kit Moran visual artist and jazz singer, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts Talk Show.
Okay, we are back from commercial break, and we want to make sure that uh, we thank Kit Moran for that spot. Kit Moran is, of course, a jazz performer, player, and playwright, and also a local artist here in town. And we are sitting here with, and I'm going to mess it up again, Chandel. Chandel Day. Chandel LaForce. <laughs> and Chandel, we were uh, talking a little bit before break. Uh, about the academy and the school and that, but I don't think we've actually had a chance to talk about what the school offers. Now, I want to say uh, we, we had a chance to talk during commercial, and you have performed all around the world. I mean, you've, you've, you've traveled and performed in solo, correct? That's correct, Dave. Yeah, and now you're in Sarasota. You started the academy up. What, what's all the things that you actually offer up there? Well, we offer violin, mm -hmm. viola, cello, double bass, we offer two types of piano, solo piano and also accompaniment piano, which is a completely different thing. We offer coaching in chamber music from, you know, kids who are 10, 11, and 12 to professional groups that want extra help and have a coach. A new course that I'm very excited about, which is a mastering teaching program and that's as you know you you get to be a student teacher for a while oh, okay even in a music mm -hmm. aspect mm -hmm. uh, but just don't feel completely comfortable with that I'm very good with taking someone who be a teacher or some that have already trained to be a teacher and really sort of smooth out the rough edges and get them more comfortable with the teaching process right. and with dealing with each student as an individual Excellent. finding the way in to get them to um, you know feel comfortable and be able to move forward right so that's that's one of the things uh, we also teach conducting um, oh. and I I have to say that most of my students will take their their primary instrument it might be violin viola cello double bass any of the flutes and I they usually end up taking what I call uh, piano for non-piano majors. It is an accompaniment, it isn't solo piano, but it's piano that helps you with your music theory and your knowledge okay. of that. If you're playing a stringed instrument, it's very difficult to visualize on a stringed instrument what's going on with music theory. So I usually have them take part of that, which gives them another aspect, another way to view their skill sets and to you know, be comfortable with it and and use it to their advantage when they're trying to push forward. Right. Okay. Excellent. I, I see you over there nodding, Mary, as she's talking about that. Right. I, I actually did train in music education, and my primary was piano. I attempted to have my secondary as guitar, but you're absolutely right. I tried to play the guitar like I played the piano, and they're not the same at all. When you're looking at a piano keyboard, you can tell what a third is and what a fourth is, and and so that's why I'm nodding my head in agreement because I know where you're coming from. Also, we do a lot of solfege. Explain that to me. Um, solfege is sight singing, not using your instrument, mm. but being able to sing the intervals that you hear or you see on the paper. Okay. So you just, there's exercises and you just look at them and you have to know what a third is, what a sixth is, and be able to sing it. 
And so I think that that's, that's a skill that unfortunately we do not use here in the United States and it's very important. So I, I like to really say to the student, I'd like to have you sing that. How would you sing that? And sometimes I want them, you know, for interval sake to be mm. singing it. And other times I want to hear what, they, what they're thinking about as far as musical expression. Okay. So there's different things to do. So here. it might be somebody looking at a sheet of music and reading it and going bum 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 exactly. Bum, 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 but you'll be doing it with do re mi fa sol la ti do. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, if you start later, it's it's not. I can't say that it's fun. If you start young, <laughs> then it's very easy and you're very comfortable with mm-hmm. it. So it's it's. Uh, it's I bet you can do easy. it, Mary. <laughs> okay. I have a list of uh, things that we try to do at the academy. The first thing I'd like to say is enjoyability and engagement. Okay. For each student, we want them to be excited and inspired, and but yet feel comfortable enough to be willing to go beyond and take chances. That's very important. Get out not, of your comfort zone and grow. Yes. Uh, we all know about the lifelong musical benefits. Music mm-hmm. is the one and only connector of both left and right lobes of the brain, leading to better learning in all areas of school and scientifically proven yes. to better every aspect of mental health for all age students. And I find that particularly true with my uh, people that are in their 80s and 90s. Their families come and tell me how much better off they are. and. It's just life-changing to see what it can do for older people. Right. We, uh, one of the uh, guest co-hosts on here was Chris, and she works with seniors and all that, and they, they do the, the same thing. They'll, they'll just maybe come into the, the home, the retirement home, and they'll bring in the piano and get them singing or clapping along with it to help them to, to build that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because listening to music and playing music, you get certain benefits when you're just listening but to get the full effect you have to play and practice music mm-hmm. that's what really helps you know young people and right to right through their 90s that's what really helps the mental health of the student is when you're practicing when you're playing and especially when you're playing with other people that really does it changes the the brain chemistry enormously Okay, you were looking at a list of some of the other things that you have there that you offer. I know you had uh, mentioned many instruments that you teach there. Yes, you can go over that. That's um, violin, viola, Mm -hmm. cello, double bass, all the flutes, the regular C flute, or if you have a B foot on it, same thing. Um, The alto flute, the bass flute, piccolo. Uh, several different types of uh, piano, solo piano, accompaniment, mm-hmm. just uh, piano for people who need it f- for music theory. So those are the things that we do right now. And we do the conducting for chamber ensembles. I love to put different ages together, people who are six and seven with somebody who's 92. Mm-hmm. Wonderful situations happen when you do those sorts of things. So we work hard to do that. Uh, making sure that you're that you're mixing up the instruments so you have people playing with things they never thought they would be playing with together and that that's really exciting and important performing alliances with different groups 
in the community. Uh, when I was in Venice, I, I worked uh, a lot and made a wonderful alliance with the Art Center where we were able to come in once a month and we were able to put on a concert for the public no matter what was happening there at the Art Center, which was wonderful. I also had a, another program where I had students that were just about to go off to college. They were at the point where they had to make a CD to be able to get an audition at the college. You no longer just show up. You have to have a screened audition tape. So we would have them come to younger kids and the younger kids saw, well, this person isn't very much older than myself. And the person would be able to uh, test out what they were going to play for the audition, have it made into a CD, and be able to send that in. So it just, it helped that student. It helped my younger students. I'm always looking for ways to hit all age groups and have beneficial things happen for everyone. Right, because they get started in young, as you mentioned, and then it's a, it's a lifetime, uh, you know, enjoyment. Let's put it that way. Since you had mentioned performances, I, I wanted to get to the Rose Colored Glasses band. Oh, yes. That you have. Yes, this is uh, actually a new band. I decided that I really wanted to change the band that I had had before. And I found out that people coming to performances loved to hear something from WC and then right after that something from Cole Porter mm. and so I said you know why why am I just playing you know one part like the jazz standards mm. and Motown and you know I was playing lots of different genres of music but I, I decided why are we leaving classical music out and as soon as we started to do that people were like this is so wonderful i love that piece what was that piece that you just played so in some ways i have to include when i have more verbiage about the rose colored glasses band on my website it'll be going up in a couple weeks uh, i will probably be saying all melodies all decades and i really could almost say all centuries <laughs> because there's so well, much right. music that people you know they get they sort of get tuned into one type of music and then they hear something they don't even know where it came from and they're just like i loved that piece i've never heard that before and i and i say well it's from a french composer claude Debussy, or you know claude bowling he did a lot of uh, jazz stuff ron paul played a lot of his his uh, jazz renditions of different things so there you go i did want to ask one more question you said the band now is this a three four piece band it's well a... it can be up to five people okay i had to find the right pianist who had the same idea that i did in the world of band we have we have readers we have non-readers mm. we have all different and i needed to have someone who was a reader but just as competent as doing standards in a jazz style from one extreme to the other okay so and sometimes we like to uh, do some of the classical things that we do and we put a twist in and we will maybe play it in the swing style oh so which is really great to have something you know from 20th century french flute music with a with a swing style to it Excellent. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love I love the story of uh, of one piece that was written in the stairwell of the Paris Conservatory and WC had about 
10 minutes to do it and it was the sight reading piece for the flute students for the you know the yearly contest mm-hmm. to be you know to be able to get that degree mm-hmm. and so he wrote it in 10 minutes but it also can work with a lot of different tempos and you, you know you're surprised with what you can do with something like that so oh, we like we creative. like to really yeah, we like to creative. really get creative with this mm-hmm. stuff but i had to have a penis that really was able and comfortable to do that and understand why and felt it was important also so we can go from anywhere from from two people to five people plus excellent we've been a group in the past that have played at uh, different places in Sarasota. I think last year we did the New Year's Eve show for Art Ovation Hotel. Mm. Uh, but we've really, you know, changed style now. And one of the things we really love to do now is to match what we need for a private party oh, for very okay. discerning people who are really interested in how we work and the genre that we go from, from classical forwards. They really like that. And so we've been doing a lot of work on Longbow Key and Siesta Key and downtown Sarasota. We've been doing a lot of things. That's awesome. Wonderful, wonderful style of teaching and really care, genuinely care. Right, you can tell about, that, yeah. Yeah, your students and, and their lives. And please give us some more information on how we can contact you. You know, we will have these links on our website. Absolutely. You can contact Rosemary District Academy of Music.com. That's our website. Okay. And uh, we'll be adding a segment to that for the rose colored glasses. But I, I wanted people first and foremost to know about us, our educational side of us first. Right. So, and then have them come and learn about how we are that way and also have the band on there. So, okay. the band is mentioned on there, but it doesn't have its own segment of information. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Rosemary District Academy of Music, Mm -hmm. and also on Instagram, so you can follow us there. And we, of course, love all Google (laughs) searches. Searches. So that's good. Well, I want to say thank you for taking time and, and coming down from Sarasota. And good luck with your academy and your band. And if you are in Sarasota, I think you need to go by when you're in the area up there and go by and and say hello, stop in and see your uh, academy. Well, we have a wonderful situation. We have free, secure parking. And if you know anything about Sarasota, (laughs) almost every place that's hard to find. Almost every parking place that you used to be able to park in is now a paid situation. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky to have people be able to swing right in and not have to worry about a parking space or paying for a parking space. That, That makes it really easy. Yeah, okay. Well, we will definitely get back in touch with you. And thank yeah. you very where much. Where the and magic happens. That's, that's where the magic there happens. There you go. And we'd love to have those Google recommendations. Give us five stars. Oh, Take a look at the gotcha. website, and you can even give us a five star just from the website. There you go. Okay, well, again, thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. So, Mary, you uh, have a good day. Well, you too, Dave. Uh, Again, thank you for coming in and and helping out with this on the interview. Wonderful time. It was very interesting to me. I'm glad to have been able to be a part of it. Yeah. And thank you so much, Dave and Mary. I've really enjoyed being here today. Yeah. Well, it was great hearing from you through the website. Uh, You got in touch with us there, and that's what it's for, so that we we can do stuff like this. So thank you again. 
You're very welcome. Okay. All right. So this is another episode of Partnership for the Arts. We will get back with you where we talk art next time. Everyone, have a good day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 